sword and laser, do 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 do, sword and laser, do 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 do, sword and laser, do 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 do, sword and laser slash patreon.com to join the hunt for good reads. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. But those of you who've been with us for a while know that we like to begin the show talking about something we're putting inside of our bodies. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, that <laughs> really used, opens used up. It used to a... be, what are we drinking? It's now, what are we mm-hmm. nomming? So it's really just food, food or drink. Yeah. Wh- yeah. What do you nomin on? Uh, you know, Eileen uh, said, hey, can we get nachos? And I said, yes. And then we did. And so she got nachos and I got chicken tacos. So uh, that's what I had. Chicken tacos from Cactus Taqueria. Have you taken me there? I think I have now that you've mentioned it. Yeah. It feels familiar. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think we did go there. As, well, there's okay. multiple. There's like two or three locations, but but yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had something I've never had before, which is mince pie. Ooh, delicious. I love a mince pie. This is the season. And I didn't know. I had always thought that mince pie was meat, was mince meat. It can be mince meat. Yeah. And this was fruit. Mm, yeah. And it was so good. It was just like a little yummy pie. It was mm-hmm. tiny. It was tiny. Yeah. They were like the size of like, I don't know. Oh, like, they were like a hand pie? <laughs> like a silver dollar. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very tiny. We got oh. those for uh, my son's birthday. Um, we used to make, my grandma used to make mincemeat pies when I was a kid, and I liked them. And then I discovered the fruit ones later in life, and they're delicious as well, and much more refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, very good. I liked it. it was, that's exactly, Mark just posted a picture exactly oh, yeah. what they look like. Wow. Exactly like that. Well, the star was a little fatter. It covered more, but that was the that was the thought. Oh, that you just had to big time his star, Mark's picture. No, Mark's star is better than what we had. <laughs> <laughs> Fancier looking I see, I see. It's the opposite. <laughs> Mark's big timing um, you with his picture. <laughs> I'll put a, I'll, I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes. Um, but I'm sure most of the world knows what a mince pie is. So maybe I don't need to. Mm, delicious. I'm just a, Simple, simple woman. Um, But it was very good. Well, shall we jump into the delicious quick burns? Indeed. Uh, In fact, would you consider a prequel to be the aperitif of literature? (laughs) Even though you get it it later? Yeah. yeah. Is it an amuse-bouche? Yeah. Amuse-bouche. Yeah. It's an amuse-bouche. Well, Darcy Little Badger has written a prequel to Alatsue, Shina Linda, coming April 2024. Very cool. Well, that's, yeah, we'll have and to check you, that Mark, out. thank you, Mark, bringer of the meat pies, or the mince pies, uh, for this little tidbit as well. Amuse-bouche. Chris K says, Audiophile Magazine has posted their best of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror audiobooks of ah. 2023. Uh, the top ones came in as uh, God Killer by Hannah Canner, read by Kit Griffith. Uh, Holly by Stephen King, read by Justine Lupe and Stephen King. Uh, In the Lives of Puppets by T.J. Klune, uh, read by Daniel Henning. Silver Nitrate by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia, read by Gisela Schipe. Uh, Translation State and Lackey, read by Ajoa Ando. 
and The Water Outlaws by S.L. Wong, read by Emily Wu Zeller. Man, Audible just can't stop telling me about Translation State. So I'm kind of not surprised that it made this list. Uh, and I love Anne Leckie, so I'm not I'm not bagging on it or anything. But every time I open to read Kings of the Wild on audiobook, it's like, hey, do you want to get Translation State? So it's a sign. Maybe I should. <laughs> it's really actually the Audible app is kind of annoying me lately because it pops up and it shows a big ad for yes, another book when you're I just know. trying to read, continue reading the book you're already reading. Um, so that's just my little bit of product feedback for mm-hmm. the, the audible folks out Indeed. there. Indeed. Uh, Tam Homey let us know that the finder sci-fi series, uh, which we read the first book of was dramatized by graphic audio. Uh, and you might be able to find it at your library. Graphic audio does like presentation, acting, drama, lots of good music versions of audiobooks. So it's, it's not just a narrator, although a good narrator could make a great audiobook this is oh, this sure. is more of a produced uh thing uh so if you like the the finder book that we read a while back by suzanne palmer you might want to check that out i had a little brain fart just now where i was looking at the word or the name of that company graphic audio mm-hmm. and the re- the way i read it in my mind was graphic audio graphic audio graphic audio <laughs> Because it's, <laughs> it's all one word yeah. and it's not camel case. Graficadio. Graficadio. That sounds good. Graficadio. Graficadio. Yeah, I like it. And that's the title. <laughs> Oaken says, it is that time of year. Time has published their list of must-read books from 2023. With respect to our literary fiction, genre fiction discussion, it does include three sci-fi fantasy novels, four if you include a translation of The Iliad. (laughs) Sadly, none are sword and laser picks. Mm. So they include The Future, an apocalyptic thriller, Our Share of Night, translated from Spanish, a sort of fantasy horror historical novel set in Argentina, Uh, Victory City, Salman Rushdie's latest, a historical fantasy that was nominated in our March Madness. And interestingly, R.F. Quanclius' novel is included, and it is decidedly not fantasy. <laughs> so there you go. I don't think Time was saying it was fantasy. I think Oaken was just noting, like, that's on there, but not fantasy. Not a fantasy novel. If you know other yeah. R.F. Quang novels, you might be surprised. Uh, similarly, uh, Jan notified us that The Guardian has also picked their five of the best science fiction and fantasy books of 2023. And kind of like this time list... They are not the usual suspects. So Mm. Martin McInnes in Ascension, Jeff Ryman, him, Some Desperate Glory by Emily Tesh uh, are on here. And I feel like I'm missing one. Oh, yeah. Lavi Tidhar, The Circumference of the World are are their picks. So these are both great. If you've been like, okay, I keep seeing the same books. I love Fourth Wing, but I need some other picks. I already know about that Mm -hmm. one. These are some uh, these are some different picks that we haven't seen as often on these lists. Nice. I'm going to open this up in a separate tab so I remember to come back to it later. Nice. Um, Because I've been reading a lot lately uh, and very quickly for some reason. Hmm. All right. So uh, Dakato and Jan both said that the winners of the Goodreads Choice Awards have been announced. Best Romanticy is Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Of course. (laughs) Best Fantasy is Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. Of course. Best Science Fiction is In the Lives of Puppets by T.J. Klune. Mm, Nice. 
and I don't know why I'm a monkey now making monkey sounds. <laughs> and best young adult fantasy and science fiction is Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross, which has actually been on my list for a long time. So I might have to check that one out finally. Oh, and sorry, there's more here. Yes. And uh, Wayward by Amelia Hart, the winner for both Best Historical Fiction and Best Debut Novel, may have fantastical elements as well. Just know it's spelled W-E-Y-W-A-R-D. Wee-word. Wee-word. In that way, that (laughs) way, something we can, this way comes. Uh, All right. Here's a year-end list for the I'm eyes. sorry, did you just say something wicked this wee comes? <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> okay. I apologize to nice. everyone. Okay. Uh, Mark noted that uh, there's a year-end list for the eyes. Enough of this list of books' names. The 138 best covers of 2023. I'm sorry, when you make a 138 list, it's just most of the covers of 2023 at that point. But uh, they are good covers. Uh, Mark says, I only recognized a few titles. One of them was Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. And the follow-up to Sword and Laser pick, Ninth House. Nice. I'm scrolling through these now. They are pretty interesting. They're pretty covers. Not going to lie. They are very pretty covers. And, and fact, what I like is if you just want to see a bunch of covers, this is the place to go. They are different enough. They are different. There, There's definitely, you know, we've talked about this before, how there are trends and themes in cover art. Um, and especially in the uh, the books that I've been reading lately. And none of these look like that. So that makes me feel, it feels like a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Yeah. Um, they also have some stats that go along with this too. Like who, what artist had the most covers on this list? What publishers had the most covers on this list? What authors, uh, et cetera. FSG placed the most covers on the list. 19 covers. New Directions was second. Oh, those are publishers? Yeah, those are those are publishers. Mm. And then Na Kim, uh, Kim Na was seven covers in first place, followed by Alex Murto. With six. Not seven covers on this list. Really? The most different covers on the list. Knock him. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And that's six from incredible. Alex Murto. That's some working. Working yeah, hard that's, over there. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Mahome says, uh, another list to talk about, the Lauren Bukes and Daniel Suarez have new ones. Did I dream that we read Bukes? You and did. Is it, I always forget. Is it Bukes or Bukey? Mm. Yes, you do. Uh, All of us forget. All of us had that conversation and... (laughs) And never remembered what we determined. (laughs) So I think it's books, I think. And I think we had a whole thing where people wrote in and told us and then we forgot. So apologies, Lauren. The worst. Uh, But yes, uh, you dreamt it, Tamahome. I don't think we ever read anything from her yet. I don't believe so. No. I looked at the the wiki and I did not find it. I am it. also looking on just the broad internet and it is mm. not there. It's so. uh, it's just internet. It prefers not to be called broad. Not <laughs> to be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're up. Uh, Cat Zero Or is our last uh, quick burn. More speculative fiction, light novels getting audiobooks. This time, a series of alternate universe sequels to Neon Genesis Evangelion, Evangelion, read by the original English dub voice for the character Asuka. So these are these are um, 
anime, I think, if I'm reading this right, yes, Evangelion yes. anime getting audiobooks, so they are books, uh, versions of the anime with the original English dub uh, narrator doing the narrator. Very cool. Yeah. The Asuka character doing the narrator. All right. Well, thank you for everyone for contributing stories to Quick Burns. Uh, you can do so over on our Goodreads page or through the Discord. All right. Well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Ian kicked things off by saying, regarding gender representation, or I'm sorry, gender presentation, I was deeply disturbed by the male narrator of the Murderbot books when I listened to the audiobooks. In text, our favorite sec unit presents as feminine to me. The narrator still sounds wrong. And then John Nevitz uh, says, I also read through book four or maybe five before listening to six, and I'd always seen sec unit as male from the beginning. But in thinking back, I don't, I don't know I had any reason to assume that, and I do think Murderbot does express some very protective maternal instincts while still caring, caring and doing its job. And this is funny because I had the same reaction as Ian because I had read the first several books as Kindle and then I had done one audiobook and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and this was going into it knowing that sec unit is, you know, does not have an assigned gender, like does not mm-hmm. to, to people that we're aware of present either way. Um, that I recall anyway. And so that was, um, that was funny, you know, being like, there's no reason for me to have that feeling other than my own internalized, like way of identifying them. Is the voice male in audio, in the audio book? I think maybe male presenting. The narrator is. Yeah. But I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. I, this this is really this is a really interesting uh, discussion, and 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 it's great to have people having their own revelations about what assumptions you make. You yeah, know, right. Uh, in certain ways, I this all kicked off because we were talking uh, about this in relation to our book from last month, uh, "Mimicking mm-hmm. of Known Successes." You know, and somebody pointed out, like, well, if you really look, you you see on the book jacket that she is called she. But that's kind of not the point. The point is that we 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 tend to skip over some stuff like that and just go with the feel of things. I totally. think that's, that's really interesting. I misgendered a baby on a recent five hour flight for the first several not hours. Not your own, right? Not my own. No, <laughs> I was sitting next to two parents and their and their child, and the child was wearing green, and they were like maybe five months old, mm-hmm. and I just put I think having a three-year-old boy boy yeah like you know like right now he is he is he he has not expressed any differences feelings in that direction and so yeah so my own biases put like maleness on this baby and the mom didn't say anything for the longest time then she was like oh yeah and by the way she's a girl and i was like oh i'm so sorry and she's like it doesn't matter she's a baby they're just babies (laughs) baby (laughs) and i was like that's amazing (laughs) I, I i love that yeah because the baby doesn't, 
You, She's I like, mean, she you, doesn't you're, care. You're joking about your your son not really being old enough to to know uh, th- at that age at five months. Yeah, they definitely don't have any clue. Uh, that's yeah. interesting. And uh, I was like, "Vaby" is like the, baby. the best thing I've heard in a long time. I really, I really, I'm definitely stealing that. Uh, Ruth said, "I'm disappointed, but not surprised that Shadow and Bone is getting canceled. I actually wrote an article about the series and its approach <gasps> to adaptation for Interstellar Flight Press, and we'll include a nice. link to that in the show notes." Sweet. Oh, I'm definitely going to read that. Thanks, Ruth. Yeah, thanks, Ruth. And good good, good job with the article. Interesting side note, Netflix this week released what they're going to do every six months. And they didn't say this, but it's probably as a result of the writer's strike. Uh, a comprehensive list of the amount of hours viewed per episode of wow. everything with more than 100,000 hours viewed. And Shadow and Bone was up there near not not the top top but i think it was in the top 200 which you know there's hundreds of thousands of shows on this list it was definitely the highest viewed canceled netflix show but then you have to take other factors into account like cost of production per episode exactly you know all sorts of there's all sorts of reasons um and there's a decline from season one to season two. Yeah. You know, yeah. Trending like, yeah. the way it's trending. Yeah, right. for sure. Uh, we have a hot tip coming in uh, live in real time from Mark, um, who says, according to Lauren Bucus, her name rhymes with mucus. Thank you, Lauren Bucus, for that. And maybe that will stick. I'm like a phlegmy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, now I just feel like I'm being mean and I don't even want to be. It just uh, was too easy, too so, easy. So um, what you're saying, Mark, is it's not Bukes. It's not, it's not Bukes. It's not yeah, Bukes. it's not Bukes. It's, it's Bukes. Bukes, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. John Taloni also says, ah, Vonnegut, if you ask me, he is, in fact, a highfalutin snooty guy. <laughs> His books make fun of many situations, but I always got the impression he was laughing at SF fans and not with us. Meanwhile, Bradbury brings in literature, history, philosophy, you name it, and does so with ornate, flowery language and does so without a lick of condensation. Nope. Con- Conde- nope. <laughs> condensation. Nope. Condensation. <laughs> I mean, he may do it without condensation <laughs> as well, especially on a colder day. <laughs> we don't know if he was condensed or not. Can we do a lick of con- <laughs> condensation <laughs> as the title? I'm putting it in a lick of condensation. <laughs> That'll get some good album without, art too. Without a lick of condensation. Without a lick of condensation. <laughs> uh, anyway, you were I don't saying. think I'm ever going to be able to say that word correctly ever again. All right. <laughs> So anyway, Bradbury, he is yeah. one of us. Okay. And then Ian goes on. This is a Discord conversation. Ian says, nah, Vonnegut feels misanthropic to me. It feels more like a laugh or scream situation. She is making the fun of the idea of destiny. Not surprising after living through the Dresden fire, bombing, and other events he lived through. Oaken says, I don't think he was critical of science fiction. Quite the opposite. At the end of his life, he was bitter and angry that the literary fiction types didn't take him seriously precisely because he wrote science fiction. And then links to a Guardian article uh, where his uh, biographer, Charles Shields, describes Vonnegut asking him to look up his name in a dictionary. It was not there. And then look up Jack Kerouac. It was there. How about Mm. that? Vonnegut then states with a frown. Um, 
It is back to the literary fiction slash genre discussion, though. Clearly, he thought of himself as a writer of literary fiction and thought nothing wrong with writing literary SF. I don't know his thoughts on non-literary slash plot-driven writing in general, though. Yeah, um, this, this is a great discussion. I, lo- I love this because n- nobody's wrong. This, these are all mm-hmm. folks just going, I don't know, it seems to me, it looks like, feels like, this totally, kind of thing. Totally, totally. Yeah, uh, so I, I, I enjoyed watching that. Uh, and I got the impression, and I could be making this up, that Bradbury didn't like to be classified as genre. That he really? just that he he had he 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 loved bringing science into fiction, but I seem to remember, and I again I could be misremembering that he was saying no, these don't make it a genre. This is just good fiction. It's just good writing to bring science in, um, which isn't a you know a bad thing. He was trying to say we don't need to separate it, um, which is different than Vonnegut, who I think was fine with the label. That is uh, that is. <sighs> The whole idea of genres is interesting if you really get down into it. Mm-hmm. You know, like fiction and nonfiction make sense. And then we branch out why? Because of shared interests, because of helping people find things they like. What yeah. else? Yeah, the selection. Like, I want to read a romance is a perfectly legitimate thing to say. I don't want to read mm-hmm. a thriller. Those are different things. Thriller might have a little romance. Romance might have thriller, though. So, you know, the edges are blurry, but they're different desires. I want to read a love story versus I want to read a shoot 'em up, shoot 'em up. Uh, and so that's, I think, why we have yeah. categories and genres to kind of help us, you know, narrow down the selection. That's, yeah, I was uh, just I making know. a very broad statement. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't actually, I mean, obviously, those are all good reasons. But it's it's humans definitely like to put things into categories. That's yeah, how our brain it's, works. It's why it's what we do. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty, pretty freaking good at it, for better or for worse. Um, all right. Should we hop into the book of the month discussion? Yeah. Wee woo. Uh, so uh we kicked it off last time and we'll wrap it up next time uh but this time uh y'all brought some really interesting side conversations uh about kings of the wild by nicholas ames that that we can talk about without spoiling so don't worry we're not going to get spoilery here uh beyond book jacket spoilers i like to say that because some people are so spoiler allergic that even saying uh there's a guy named clay cooper in the novel would oh spoiler don't (laughs) don't tell me that um but yeah we're we're not going to spoil any plot elements or, or or major events or anything like that uh before we get into these subtopics though um are you done have you finished I am mm-hmm. like so close to done. I'm very, <gasps> Why, how very. How is taking you so long? Oh, like I just ran out of time today uh, to get it done. I'm listening in real time. I'm not two xing this because I I don't oh, want to miss okay. stuff. Um, and it's a it's a longer longer book. It's not long, but longer than some of the others we've read. And also, I just I read slow. <laughs> Even an Can audiobook. You generally, tell me where you are. I'm after. After the festival, <laughs> that's not too spoilery, oh, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. You're pretty far. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, yeah. you're I'm far. All, I'm yeah, almost for done. Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. spitting distance from done. Um, Got it. Yeah. So I love, I love, love, love the metaphor, and I don't think that's a spoilery, spoilery thing. But the the elegant way that Nicholas Ames uses the metaphor of music and bands with adventurers and bands 
uh, right. throughout yeah, this, this book. Yeah, this is what I was talking about in the last episode. So yeah. well done. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. It's just like, I knew that was the case last time, but now I've really lived it. And uh, it's just, it's like, sometimes I, I, it takes me a second to go, oh, wait a minute. That's also a music thing. You know, it's, it, it's because it's so deftly weaved in that if you weren't thinking about it, or if you're not thinking about it, you might miss it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I really enjoyed it. I almost started picking up the, the next book in the series as well. Um, but I had some other things I wanted to finish first, but yeah, this is a series that I think I will stick with, um, just because I, I find, I found it quite heartwarming and amusing and I laughed out loud like several times and grew to really enjoy the characters quite a bit for all their, all their foibles and, and mistakes and, you know, <laughs> past. Um, but it really, it, it cracked me up. I want to go travel back to 1990s me and give him this book because in oh, the nineties yeah. I was living in Austin. All I did was go to bars and see bands all the time. Like I would have extra loved it back then. Nice. Nice. Um, apparently I didn't realize this. The next book in the series is more around eighties music. Oh, really? Thematically. Uh-huh. Okay. And so that's, I am a huge eighties music <laughs> fan. Like I love metal. I love like, uh-huh. but like, I love eighties music. Yeah. So and if you I'm, haven't picked it up yet, you don't have to love metal to enjoy this book. No. It's just weaved no. into the background, like little references and nods and allusions and stuff. So did you, do you, did you agree that it's kind of like, it's kind of like there's feelings from the blade itself. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like something that, something that Tassie Dave mentions is that like, well, he mentions lies of Lakamomora in his thread. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out like, what are, what are the things that this reminded me of in, in a lot of ways? And yeah, lies of Lakamomora. Is that series done yet? Has he still not finished that series yet? Oh man, I really want to read that. I want that to happen for me, <laughs> for all of us. Um, and the blade itself, like without, I mean, there's still a lot of violence for sure. Yeah, like a lot of violence, but it's it's definitely more in the <laughs> comic book vein. Exactly, versus, exactly. If yeah. if you read the blade itself and were like, you know, I don't usually uh, dislike a little bit of violence, but that was a lot of violence. Then this is a mm-hmm. good like you know pulling it back a notch. But it if you don't like violence at all, there there is still some. Daryl mentions that all the D&D tropes, creatures, et cetera, yes. are fun too. Yeah. That I too. mean, I feel like between D&D and World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. like there's, and just, you know, general fantasy tropes there. Yeah, yeah. The, the creatures and characters that are brought up are in a good way, like not tropey, but like almost like Easter eggy in mm-hmm. a way. Like yeah. when something new pops up, you're like, oh yeah, that, like- I know exactly what that thing looks like. <laughs> I can imagine what that. <laughs> I can't not say this and we can't mm-hmm. take this and run with it because it would only be spoilery. So all I'll say is owl bears. Oh, owl bears. <laughs> Gotta love an owl bear. Um, <laughs> that, also, when you said I Warcraft, can't, like, it made me think of all the places in Warcraft where you see owl bears. There's a lot of owl bears, dancing owl bears everywhere. Um, there's one of the things that made me laugh is that there's a very side character briefly mentioned named young Neil. 
I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. Because I'm like, oh, not Neil Young. Young, young Neil. Neil. <laughs> Who's not as young and as he used to be. a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, um, yeah. That's actually the joke they make that they should be calling him old Neil. Right. Oh, did you? Have you heard that one yet? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. You're, you're at that part. <laughs> that, okay. was the, that was referring to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know. And Clay is just such a, I, I, all right. I don't want to get into it too much because I yeah, will yeah. get we'll, into we'll spoilery, spoilery zone. So, but yeah, it's fun. It's real fun. It's and super I fun. Okay. I, I don't know what to compare it to. Cause like you say, it compares to all adventuring novels, blade itself, even, um, uh, legends and lattes in, in some ways, you know, uh, mm. you know, just in living in that world of adventures and mm-hmm. cafes and bars and, and, and whatnot. Uh, it's a very D and D campaign. It's like very D and D campaign. Exactly. Y'all mentioned it in the yeah. chat. Like I had thought about it, but I hadn't really, really connected how D and D campaign like it is until now. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, but go to Tessie Dave's thread. Uh, who is your favorite ragtag band of misfits from fantasy books like Saga and the other bands from Kings of the Wild? Who's your favorite fantasy TV show and movies are fine, too. They can be heroic ish mercenaries or bumbling fools fighting good or evil, right or wrong, or just to survive to their next meal and payday. As long as they're a group who strive for a common purpose. And of course, as you mentioned, Tessie Dave chose the Gentleman Bastards from the Lies of Loch Lamora, the Gentleman Bastards series, says they are a ragtag group of thieves who target the rich through elaborate con jobs. Hmm. Um, there's some pretty pretty funny ones in here, like the the toys from Toy Story Two, <laughs> from Tazzy Dave. Yeah. Um, the Scooby Doo kids. Who <laughs> <laughs> said that? I went by that one too fast. Um, the A Team, Tamahome. The A Team. Nice. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. The Fellowship Ruth, of Lord of the Rings. Ruth. Misty is right, of course. Sorry, Ruth said the Scooby Gang from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, the Scooby Gang from I, Buffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. just meant Scooby Doo. Right. <laughs> Both of those are acceptable. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. These are These great. Are good ones. Yeah. Keep it coming. Love that. I don't know who I'd pick, especially because he already said Gentleman Bastards, and that would certainly be one of them. Yeah. I'm going to have to Firefly. think about that one a bit. Firefly came up in the thread as well. Yeah. Totally. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. That is a good one. Um, hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to noodle on that a bit. Mm-hmm. Come up with some good ideas. The Fremen. No, they're not a ragtag band. I honestly, yeah. I think the, <laughs> the Liza Locke Lamar is a really good one. I think that's, that's probably my, one of my favorite picks. So far. Yeah. Those are the Firefly oh, you know, and Gentleman the, um, Bastards are both really good. Um the Robert J. Bennett um trilogy that started with Chat Room Help Me, the really good series, the three book series that he came out with in the last five years <laughs> that he was nominated for. City of Stairs? No. Divine. The one about Foundry side, the steam foundry side, foundry oh, okay. side. Yeah, that was a good chat room. Let me let me down for once. Chat room did not deliver in time. Yikes! Yes, you're you're getting slow. Um, but yeah, that's a good. There's a good ragtag crew of folks in in foundry side as well. Yeah. Uh, and then because it is 
very clearly related to music, at least metaphorically. Uh, Tamahome suggested, what are you nomming with your ears? In other words, what songs would you add to the playlist? We mentioned that Nicholas Ames published a playlist on his website, and we linked to that uh, in the show notes last week. Uh, but what would you what would you oh, put on that playlist? I 100% agree with Trike in his edition uh, for any major battle scene, and particularly the uh, pen, like the the best battle scene uh, through the fire and flames by Dragon Force, mm-hmm. which is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, and I gotta I just say, get pumped up whenever I hear it. Trike, you really just need to make either a YouTube playlist or a Spotify playlist or an Apple Music playlist or some kind of playlist out of this because these are all on point. Um, mm-hmm. Before I he he said the playlist from Nicholas Ames seemed mellower than he expected. Before I saw it, I was thinking it would be filled with harder, more uptempo songs, particularly toward the end. I get that it's more for characters than plot, so I'd propose a mixtape that was plot centric and kicks it off with "Fox on the Run" by Sweet, which is nice beautiful like perfect for this uh and then yeah think by aretha franklin keep yourself alive by queen that that's a good list right well done good stuff on here um and then (laughs) there's rj slayer of trolls um had some good suggestions too like jane by jefferson starship more than a feeling by boston um I think, though, he said, although I think for this book, let's use the cover version by Stephen N. Seagulls. <laughs> and then Breaking the Law by Judas Priest, just because. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, Tessie Dave for the introduction of Lady Jane and the Silk Arrows, Stand and Deliver by Adam and the Ants. Nice. Yeah. Very what good. a great character. Yeah. Good stuff. It's fun. Y'all are fun. Y'all are fun. Um, that's, that's all the content we have for this episode. Um, so question for you, do you say his name Ames or Eames like the chair? Cause mm-hmm. it's spelled the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to ask him. We'll have to find out. Yeah. Why are you asking me? I'm just sitting I don't here know. pretending I know how to pronounce it. Cause you're the guy who pronounces things better than I do. Um, you know, sometimes people will put uh pronunciation on their website and I might know that, but he did not in this case. So. More just, importantly, guessing. is it Tamahome or Tamahome? Oh, I think it's pronounced Thwift. <laughs> Both are acceptable, apparently. <laughs> Thank you, All Thwift. Right. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for contributing. Um, our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you all the folks. Thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. You can send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram, X, Mastodon, at swordandlaser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser or on our Discord. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. See you later, Count Zerur. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!